Okay, we are here again talking about intellectual properties. This is Out of Character with Jupiter Sanders. And yeah, so we're going to move into intellectual properties from a different angle, a different side. And today I have Cal with me. And Cal is developing a game. And I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. I'm going to let him tell you all about it. So hi, Cal. Hey, Jupiter. Thanks for having me on. You are welcome. I'm happy to have you here because you, I know you've been doing this project, I want to say, for like the past six, six months? Um, Off and off for the past year, but I've really started, you know, putting some writing into it over the last six months. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so let's, let's explain what the game is you're trying, you're working on right now to develop. Sure. So I guess starting with inspirations, can I talk about other IPs? Is that, illegal? Is that legal? Can I do that here? You can mention maybe things you've gotten inspiration from. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's go with that. You were yeah. you've been inspired by. Yeah. So I'm one of my favorite universes of all time is is Firefly, and one of my preferred game systems for a while now has been Shadowrun. So I set out to basically build a heartbreaker system. You know, Shadowrun in space. Let's see if we can figure it out. There are lots of things that I didn't care for in Shadowrun. And that's really any game with me. I'm just really picky, which kind of led me down this path. So I, I, I set out, essentially, it was, like I said, it was just going to be a heartbreaker system, you know, uh, a clone with a new skin. And after a couple months of uh, doing some writing and play testing with my home group, we re- we saw an opportunity to diverge a little bit and from just being a totally not Shadowrun in space system to being something kind of unique. So we started working out uh, the universe and how things got to where they are today. So that's that's really what I'm working on. It's 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 uh you know at least immediately I don't have any intention to publish. It's certainly an option. A couple people have talked to me about it, but uh, you know, for now it's just a system I'm working on for a, a couple home games now and yeah, having fun with it. Okay. So you say basically inspired by Shadowrun and Firefly and you wanted to make Shadowrun in space. So this is a tabletop RPG. You're not like mm-hmm. making a video game or anything. It's a tabletop RPG. And you've decided to move into something more unique, more its own thing. So you you aren't like any kind of a, a trained game designer. You were just a person that saw elements that you liked and elements you didn't like in a system, Shadowrun, and said, maybe I can take these things I do like and put it in this setting that I also like and try to make my own thing to satisfy your own want or desire for a, a game, correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm um, I have an, a background in IT, so you know, n- no other credits as far as game design goes. But um, it just came from <laughs> it came from playing a bunch of different systems, reading a ton of different ones, and, and taking the elements I liked from some, combining them, and that was. I think we'll talk about this later, but that was kind of a trap I fell into early on, which was I like so many mechanics from so many different games. So I tried to shove them all into my game. Horrible decision. Doesn't work. <laughs> um, it, it felt <laughs> very, yeah, it felt very tacked on. So there was a point mm-hmm. just a few months in that I looked at what I had and I realized, oh, geez, this is, this isn't even fun. <laughs> so I, I kind of stripped away all of the extra stuff. And, and that's the point where my home group said, well, what if we just 
what if we stop copying this and, and you know, just did it this way? And, with, and then we started, you know, writing not necessarily totally original. I don't think there's much of that left. But, you know, we started writing things specifically for the game rather than just transplanting mechanics. Okay. And and it is a trap that I think a lot of people kind of fall into. They see all these neat elements in all these games and they try to do a little quilt working there. And then the design they end up with is just not pleasing <laughs> to the eye or to even play. Um, but it's interesting. So, and like you mentioned, you had an IT background and mm-hmm. I know you personally from other projects that I've been involved in. And I know your mind very smart. Everyone, please. This is, he's the smartest person in the room right now. Very smart, very good with, with mechanics, very good at looking at rules and, and figuring out balance and, and that. So that helped you with figuring out the mechanical parts of this game. Do you wish, or has the, the flavor part of the game, has that come easily or has that kind of pushed you out of your comfort zone, but you're, you're doing it? Or is it also you're just so talented because you probably are, you many blessings. <laughs> That no, you can do both equally well. No, that's definitely not the case. And if I'm ever the smartest person in the room, there's a real, a real <laughs> concern there. Um, <laughs> but no, the, the so yeah, the analytical side of the design is definitely my strong suit uh, when it comes to simple things like balancing how how much of a bonus a piece of gear gives you and how much that item should cost and how. Uh, readily available it should be those are the kinds of things i i enjoy doing anytime i'm working i've got multiple spreadsheets running you know calculating things for me and that that's the part that i originally thought when it started off as just kind of a clone i I said okay i can i can fix the balance issues and then i'm going to have an awesome game and that was my (laughs) original intention and then just you know reskin things but no the flavor part is it it was definitely kind of a challenge i think like i said at the beginning it's just because i had so many influences and i wanted everything to be represented it just it turned into a mess you know every Every major sci-fi space-based IP you can think of, I had an idea from when I started, uh, and I've kind of, I've kind of, you know, narrowed it in a lot. Not, I'm not a, not a big creative writer. Like I said, with in IT, I write technical documents, and uh, I'm very good at that. When it comes to flavor, I had to take a, a different approach, and rather than be quite as methodical and meticulous, and you know, like I said, spreadsheets running things for me just turned into what do I want the gameplay to, to feel like in, in a session? What do I want my players to be going through? And how did we get here? Because in, in my setting, it is a, you know, our universe plus so many hundred years. Uh, mm-hmm. Depending on which game we're playing, it's anywhere from three to 800. We're kind of in that ballpark though. So relatively near future for sci-fi. It's not like Numenera and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how I started once I finally got a handle on how to write some of that, not system fluff, but some of the setting fluff, it was, I'm, I'm at point B. I know where point A is. We're living that. How can I justify getting from, from here to there? And that, that really helped. Oh, good. All right. And, and so you, you said the, the setting. And so let's, I know we said in space, we, you, you also mentioned two to 300 years future mm-hmm. for sci-fi. Anything else interesting about the setting? I don't know how much you really want to talk about of, of, of the setting. Like, what's the major antagonist? What are the big, you know, issues that it's faced? Is there anything about the setting that you, you want to share more other than space future? 
<laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I, I can give you the, the the quick elevator pitch. When I when yeah. I put together my last playtest group, I I put a little I put a little setting pitch in there. So I'm going to read from this for just a moment. It won't it won't take me long. Yeah, yeah. So when space travel became viable in the 22nd century, a combined government of Earth was formed as a means to regulate interplanetary regulate relations. So I tell when I'm trying to like narrate this to people, I say think the expanse that kind of that kind of thing we're we're in space but it's all in our solar system so this combined government currently called the imperial council i think we all agree that's kind of cheesy but that's what we've been using for a while now in my games they got to a point where they've either colonized or exploited all of the all of the planets in our solar system so by the 25th century humans have begun to branch out and they've begun exploring nearby systems and colonization efforts are underway so in the in the mechanical end, we finally have FTL travel by the 25th century, and that's where the game takes place presently. So the, I guess the major antagonists and some of the detail work of that universe is the, the council began selling colonization rights for these different systems, and they were kind of selling them, you know, systems as a whole. That's where we saw our first mega corporation come together. It was multiple companies deciding, hey, if we go in together, we can we can own this entire thing and it's it's all ours. And that was the first real mega corp that we see from like the cyberpunk type influences. And from there, it kind of steamrolled where that instead of being a holy shit, they oh, sorry. Um, ho- wow, you know, wow, they they um they just, you know, combined three of the world's largest uh, corporations. Then that became the norm. So now each solar system has its own feel because it's completely governed by that that mega corporation so you have that individual system now they do still have some sense of um some sense of reporting up to the the original earth government that imperial council but you know when you're light years away how much influence do you really have no it sounds interesting wait so let me ask this it's it's space future right mm-hmm magic no no magic no <laughs> no magic um my original <laughs> my very first system pitch was shadow run in space without magic <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we don't have a ton of the oh we don't have any magic in the system mm-hmm. uh, in one revision we did have sort of a, a playable alien species it was kind of a play on the changeling type type mm-hmm. thing and there was a world war where the aliens came and they infiltrated and the changelings were those you and I, I i wasn't a huge fan of that uh kind of subplot in the setting so i pulled those out for the the most recent one so it's it's mm-hmm. all humans now but yeah no magic little bit of augmentation it's not super heavy down that route you know we don't really touch on transhumanism much in this setting though that was again early on that was one of the many <laughs> uh many <laughs> themes i brought in yeah Okay. So right now, so I guess what I'm hearing is you're you're trying to keep it simplified and its most basic form and then you'll eventually most likely build on it later. I think so. Yeah, you know when we're playing now, my goal was and it started to take direction once I actually came up with a goal rather than I'm going to make a space game. But it, when I said I want the players to feel like they're as the fantasy trope, you know, adventurers, I want them to feel like adventurers in space. How do I do that? And that's that's what kind of led me down this path to this type of government, ones that might be a little more lenient on things like, you know, loot rights and things like that. That And that's kind of what led me down there. Okay. All right. So that's that's the setting. Now, 
what's the what's the actual system? Is it a D20? Is it D6s? D10s? What are we looking at as far as you know? How do we make our rolls? It is a D6 dice pool system. So that is one of the things that uh, that it's always been that way. So think you know, take your attribute rating plus a skill rating as a number of D6s, and you roll the dice looking for hits, which would be fives or sixes. Okay. So you've kept a familiar mechanical system that we, we all know. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would say you, you developed unique to this? Or are you still kind of refining and working on some things? Or, or are you trying to keep it familiar so anybody can get in? It's, it's, it's familiar, it's easy to grasp, easy to understand, so people can just jump right in and play? Or are you going to develop a mechanic or have you developed a mechanic that is unique to this system, purely unique to this system, and, and people are going to have to learn this to play it. Right now, I think it'll be really familiar to someone who's who, who's played any amount of Shadowrun, really. It, it, it sticks mm-hmm. to that core attribute put skill. The one thing I've put a lot of effort into is the balance side, mm-hmm. which is keeping it from getting to you know, rolling 35 dice out of character generation. That's that's all but impossible. <laughs> uh, it started off, you know, there was a point value and, you know, build points and creating characters. In this most recent version, I, I have my players in both of my playtest games. They're both saying, they both have, rather than doing the pure, what a Shadowrun player would call karma gen, we're doing instead a, a life path system. So you actually have a number of choices at, you know, as a child, teenager, early adult, and then each decade of your age. That's something, it's not necessarily absolutely brand new, but I think it's a little different for Shadowrun folks, even though they have, they do have the life modules. This is a little more guided with a, with an eye on balance. You know, as you get older, kind of a la traveler, you do start to decrease in some rankings. You have the ability to get more money or more skill point, skill ranks, uh, which is kind of a balance you have to you have to keep an eye on because the uh, as your character gets older, they have the ability to get lots of money, which is great for characters who want to have gear. But you know, no nobody is in their same physical uh, shape at the age forty as they are at eighteen. And I tried to model that in character generation, which yes. I'm pretty proud of. Good. I am familiar with Traveler. I am familiar with the character generation process. You can go in with an idea, make some rolls, and then completely end up not doing your idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to get rid of a little bit of that, the extreme randomization that Traveler has, um, and from a couple editions ago, where you could die in character generation, which is hysterical, but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> not necessarily what the majority of players want to experience. It's um, not so, fun. It's, it's not fun. <laughs> you have to go into it hoping that happens for that to be fun. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, you know... It, Again, it was kind of an eye on what would make it fun or interesting for the players. So they have, they get to, at each age, they get to choose which path they go down uh, and choose from a couple different options. Uh, but like I say, as you, as the character ages more and they get access to more bonuses, they also have mandatory penalties and choices to make with how they apply those. Okay. You've got your setting. Mm-hmm. Got your mechanics. You're, it, it, it's human, which... Human best man. Truth. As I always say. So you have two groups of playtesters. Mm-hmm. And how long have they been playtesting the, the mechanics? For about six months as well? Or three? or 
my my original group is actually my home group so they've been playing it for as long as i've been working on it it okay. started off as a one shot where i handed them some character sheets and say hey pretend this is shadow run and i'll explain it as we play <laughs> so they've <laughs> they've seen every iteration of it my newest group has they've just started looking through the rules and we're working on character generation okay and i asked this question of damien as you know i did speak to him about his ip mm -hmm. um I asked him, he has a playtest group that has been with it since the beginning as well. And they're all very close people to him. He, like he, they're, they're friends that he knows them, like he mm -hmm. knows them. And I asked him, at what point do you take your system and put it in the hands of people that you don't know so well, who are going to break it, tear it apart, you know, just lay into it and find all the flaws or the breaks and all of it, because I think it's important to go through that. So at what point do you feel comfortable doing that? Or are you like, look, I'm just developing this just just for a small circle of people to play. I'm not going to publish, so I don't need to go through those rigors. Or do you want to go through those rigors and put your game that you're developing to the test? Yeah, even though publishing the system isn't necessarily an immediate goal, it's something that is in the back of my mind. So just the I guess the professional in me, not necessarily game design professional, but, you know, just the, I guess, perfectionist, perhaps I do want people to break it and I want them to see. So th this new group still folks I know, but my, my original group, my home group, these are guys I've known for, you know, 10 plus years. We've been playing games together for a long time. And while they have no issue slamming me and telling me when something is stupid or, <laughs> or telling me how they broke something, I'm, I'm sure there is at least some level of uh, rose-colored glasses there, you know, because they know how hard I've worked on it. They've helped with it as well. And that's why this this new group, while I, you know, I've played with these folks before, it, n none of them I know personally for more than, you know, a year now. So I'll be interested, I'll be interested to see what they have to say. I do still think there's going to be a little bit of maybe not kid gloves, but, you know, going easy. If, if things go well and we keep going, then, you know, I'd definitely be open to doing sort of a public play test and see what you know, randos um, think about yeah. it or, you know, how that goes. But yeah, that's definitely uh, something I've thought about. Oh, good. That's good. So, you know, when you're, when you're ready to do that, we'll find those randos. Awesome. Yes. It'll be great. I know there are people that love to, to do that, not just to do it in a malicious way, but they, they want to like, it's their way of helping. They're able to look at a game and, and break it down to its, to its parts. And so it's always a good thing to, to have that. So that's great that you, want to develop. And so publishing, you're not quite sure it's in the back of your mind, but I was just mentioning this to a mutual friend of ours that publishing a game has just never been easier than it is now. You don't even need a publisher. You just do the layout yourself and do a Kickstarter funded, done. Yeah, it's, it's certainly way more accessible than when I, you know, when I was a kid looking at these kinds of things because I you know that 20 years ago 25 years ago doing just little again heartbreaker-esque things but I think everybody has reskinned D&D into something they wanted it to be mm -hmm. <laughs> but that was you know at as a, as a kid, there was it was like, oh man, I could. There's no way I could ever get a book. You know, holding a physical book, there's, that's mm -hmm. impossible. But yeah, well, especially Kickstarter and some of the other, you know, things like drive through people. Uh, I oh, you yeah. hear you hear about and see people successfully self-publishing. So that's kind of what's kept the flicker of hope there, kind of in the background. 
No, I think it. I I think when I when I spoke to Damien about Cybernautica, it's you know he's he's not looking to to find a publisher to do it or to buy it from her. He's he wants to develop it himself because you get to keep a lot more control of it. You know, in the in the hands of I'm just going to throw publishers out. CGL, Pinnacle, whatever. Mm-hmm. They may decide. Well, we're going to change this because we know that trends in games show that people like this aspect over this aspect so we're going to take this out of your game we're going to put this in now and it can maybe change the the feel of what you created so i I think it's great now especially now if you want to get into game design you number one you don't have to be a game designer you just have to have an idea and you have to put forth the work Number two, you can get published without going to a publisher. You you can, you know, Kickstarter or, or drive through RPG. You can sell your stuff on PDFs there. It's a very weird system now with our, you know, our connections with people and meeting people online. We we run into artists who would be happy to barter with us. We don't have to, we no longer do we have to find an artist and pay $1,200 to do some art for our book or find a layout person. We, we know these people. So have you met a lot of people that can kind of assist in those aspects if you were to put an actual like a PDF or a physical book together? Do you have you gotten leads on artists that help that can do space stuff or are you not at that point? You're still kind of like, no, 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 let me get everything cemented first before I really even think about going down that road. I haven't consciously gone down that path at all i haven't i haven't started looking for those people just in you know in passing and from different internet communities i have met a few artists who i think would be great for this and i've just talked you know not even not even a a request but just mentioned the system and, and talked about it and there's been a little bit of interest so that part i think if i decided i was ready i, I could probably find a couple of artists who'd be interested in you know, in doing that kind of work, it might just be the line of conversation I typically lead, but I've, I've not met anybody who does, who specifically says, Hey, I do layout work and I would love Mm -hmm. to do layout work. (laughs) You know, I'm sure, I'm sure just in my network, there's somebody there uh, just Mm because I meet a ton of different people, but that uh, line of conversation has never come up. Hmm. Must just be me then. Cause I, I, I know people (laughs) do layout. Um, I just meet weird people, I guess. All right. So in all of this work you've done, and again, I, I've pointed this out to Damien and Oscor, who's working on Cybernautica, and I'll point it out to everybody here for, for Cal's sake. Cal works a, a full-time job in IT. He has a family. He has obligations, yet he still spends time developing this game. How many hours a week do you work on on development of the game playing it counts working on tweaking rules coming up with setting ideas thinking about it on the drive to and from the office when you go how many hours a week that's that's tough because you know there's i don't think a day goes by where i'm not thinking about it i might not write anything but i'm thinking about some ideas and how that might apply i I play in a game every week uh, at least one as far as actual sit down and writing you know I, i probably write Oh man, six or eight hours a week. I think that's mm. pretty. That's a pretty safe bet. And that's usually I sit down two or three nights, and I'll I'll write some stuff down. For me, it's much easier when I'm doing mechanical work. But at this point, the mechanics are by no means done and cemented in. But mm-hmm. they're they're much more mature, so I don't tweak them as often. So now I'm doing some of the more creative writing, which isn't necessarily my strength. So you know, it's it's, it's longer stints where I'm just 
outlining and then detailing as I can. But yeah, I think it's that, that's a pretty safe estimate. And when I was really in the weeds and I first got started and I had this idea and I, I wanted to make every I wanted to get all of my ideas down on paper. I was I was working on it basically every night, you know, get the kids to bed eight or nine o'clock at night. I'd sit down at the computer and start working till, you know, midnight, one o'clock when my wife makes me go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> basically, that's, that's how it went. Um, you know, and so in the beginning, it was I, I was working a ton, but, you know, it, it's cheesy and I, I hate the expression, but it didn't feel like work. I was excited to do this. This was this was fun. I wasn't working on computers or doing anything like that. So it didn't feel that way. It's good. So, so all these hours spent, all this time spent, you've learned some lessons, I would hope. Mm -hmm. What to do, what not to do, what pitfalls other than the, I took so many different things from so many different systems and tried to shove them in my game. What other pitfalls or missteps did you make that you were like, ah, if, if, if only I had known. (laughs) One that I think could apply to just about anybody working on any type of system. You know, coming from a Shadowrun base, it's already fairly complex or a lot of moving parts. And when I when I tried to go in there and I originally, again, started as just a reskin and then I decided I needed to kind of branch off a little bit. And when I decided I was going to dig in and rebalance the core mechanics and how how they work. What I did was I sat down and wrote for a couple weeks on end. You know, my home game, we we played other things when we met. We took a couple weeks off from from this game and I was just writing these mechanics and you know, detailed stuff. And I ended up I had easily 10 pages of how to do skill checks with different equipment and how things worked. And I guess what I learned was I wrote way too much detail without ever actually playing the damn thing. Um, (laughs) So I had, I had a very specific idea and I wanted to get there as fast as possible. And I ended up way over engineering it and making it almost, almost unreadable, you know, because I, it were, there was an exception to every rule and, you know, trying to, to make sure it was unbreakable and people couldn't hack this, or not hack the mechanic, but people couldn't break the mechanic. And that was, I thought, the way I wanted the system to be designed. I wanted to make sure it, it worked well in different parties and this and that. But since then, I've realized now when I want to introduce something, I just write a really, really generic pitch for what I want that system or mechanic to be. Use it in play. See how see the questions that come up, and then start refining from there. So rather than rather than dump all the detail into it upfront just to realize it's crap or, you know, there were a couple times where I did all that writing and it ended up working really well, but the, the time investment was totally not worth it. You know, so I, I've, since then, when I introduce things to the system, it, I start at a super high level and actually play with it, see what happens and then start the refinement. So way too much detail, way too fast was really the thing I had to stop doing. Any other things that you wish, looking back, that you didn't done? Or is there anything that you wish you would have done ahead of time to prepare? Like, you know, I don't know if I'm making sense of my question. Is there anything that you could have done prior to starting this to make the road easier? I I think we've kind of hit on that. I don't know that I have anything other than Mm -hmm. don't try to be everything. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something... I, I read all kinds of stuff and not necessarily things that I'm actually pursuing, but I read different RPG design blogs and forums and things like this. And 
uh, it seems to be a pretty common piece of wisdom. You know, don't try to appeal to everybody. Find what you want the game to be, which is what I finally gotten to a point where I, th- I feel like I have, you know, and make a game. I'm making the game for that audience. I realize that it might not ever be, I, I'm, <laughs> it's never going to be the next D&D. That's totally fine with me. But I think it's fun, and my group thinks it's fun, so we're going to keep rolling with it. So, you know, just not trying to be any more than it is, I guess. No, that's that's good advice. I guess I'm trying to point out, like, do you think maybe, like, would it have been beneficial if you, you know, took a creative writing course at the college? Do Do you wish you did that? Or you're like, no, I'm pretty okay muddling through. I'm cool. Yeah, I I think if if I were going to go down the publishing route, I would probably get some writing help just because that's something I'm not, I'm not, I personally am not interested in going down that route, creative writing, the, the, the truly creative part, not the non-mechanical part mm-hmm. is just something that is, has never been a strength of mine. I think if somebody wants to do this all on their own and that's not their strength, but you want to do it, then yeah, that would absolutely, uh, I'm sure that could be a benefit. But for me personally, it's not something that I would have done just because, you know, with all, with work and family and mm-hmm. games, I mean, that's <laughs> games are a big part of my free time. I'm not sure I could have balanced that in a way that I would have been happy with. Okay. No, that's fair enough. So we, earlier on, we, you talked about other systems that inspired you. You also talked about Firefly. Did, did you mean the RPG or did you actually mean the, the TV series movie or did you mean all of it? I was referring to the TV series and the movie. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, the TV series. Any other any other inspiration from movies? I mean, because when I hear you talk about it, I, I'm thinking of, oh, this, you know, humans exploration. They're out there on their own. I'm like Star Trek. And then I hear about these corporations and governments running things. And for some reason, I'm struck with Dune. And I, I, I'm seeing a lot of different elements that make me... I guess my brain is working to kind of fill in what this is. So I'm taking everything I've ever seen and going, all right, it's got a little bit of this. It's got a little bit of that. It's got a little bit of this. Was that what you intentionally did? Or is that just because that's how my brain works? I think that's something I accidentally did that I'm really happy it it happened because one of, I'm go. I brought up my, the wiki I have for my home table. And one of the things I have that's been on the front page of this for a year now was under under the goal it was facilitate awesome sci-fi adventures that could be any ratio of firefly star trek the expanse or star wars so i'm i'm glad you came to that because i never said it but uh, i never said it to you but yeah that's absolutely I'm, i'm glad you came to that conclusion because just the mechanics of the game i think could really apply to a few different types of universes you know i don't have magic in my setting but i could see this being i I could totally see this being an extended uh, star wars extended universe type system you know i mentioned the expanse earlier i hadn't talked about star trek but that was actually a big influence early on in the game when i was focusing more heavily on exploration and there were a lot more aliens in the game at that time (laughs) you know (laughs) go explore new worlds and meet these aliens and you know if you have murder hobos probably kill them but you know try not to kill all of them (laughs) we have to protect the human race and there's no better way to protect the human race by going to other planets and killing them unless they have a resource we can exploit (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly but yeah the the human race so uh, i i also see as i said you have this base 
you have this good foundation, but the potential to add more layers to it seems tremendous. You can add races, different alien races, the world. You can expand, you know, you can expand the setting in the world. You can even expand into magic or other powers, psionic, whatever. And I, I think there's a, a lot of potential to build upon this till eventually it does satisfy everyone. Now, it's a lot more work to do. Is it something if let's just say it's not the next D&D, but let's say it's it gets popular enough that you're like, why not expand it? Would you? I don't know. And I don't know if I'm being a snob with this opinion, but but my, my thought there is I have this vision for what this universe is and why would I expand it just because other people want it to be that way. That's obviously not a not a good attitude. But um, <laughs> but you're right. I could definitely see it, the potential for uh, I'm thinking in terms of you know, RPG book releases, right? The core rules. Then you have the psionics book, which brings in a little bit of the magic-esque feel. I could see alien races being introduced with some exploration things. Of course, um, people would then want to play aliens. So there'd be playable character stats in that book. You know, in the beginning, I, I tried, <laughs> I did try to do everything. I still have notes on a lot of that stuff. I could see it. I could see that for sure. I think right now I'm focusing on just the the human and the fairly I guess small is, is silly because it's multiple multiple solar systems, but I want the world to feel small enough that they remember these different planets. Because when mm-hmm. I first started, it was you know new planet every other week, um, new alien races, and a month later, you know this fantastical beast you've completely forgotten about. And as a human, I feel like that's not something that should happen, or it's something I wanted to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I could definitely see the potential. Yeah. The potential's there, and yes, the the marketer in me you you broke you broke my heart with that whole <laughs> uh, like what what did you just say to me? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. And I'm I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna start to wrap up, and I'm pretty sure everybody right now is going. How come you have not asked an important question? And it's because I did that on purpose, people. I know what I'm doing. I did it on purpose because I just was doing the build up, cow. Does it have a name yet? <laughs> it's got a code name. We've been calling it Project Soul for the last year or so. So that's that's the working title right now, Project Soul, S-O-L? S-O-L, yep. Nice. I like it. It was Cal Sci-Fi RPG for quite a while. <laughs> Cal Sci-Fi <laughs> RPG. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> to the point. That was, it, was, point. it was really a, a me type title. It's 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 very nose. It's very on the nose. I'll give you that. But I do like Project Soul better. I I'm do gonna too. go Thank the you. marketer in me likes that better than Cal's RPG Space RPG. <laughs> <laughs> so Project Soul. Okay. So to recap, Project Soul, a futuristic space game using uh D sixes. Right now, playtesting with two groups one that's been from inception and one that's just started doing it and hopefully moving on to randos playtesting it i think it's really good work it sounds really interesting and it sounds fun and and i love sci-fi i just haven't found an rpg system that i enjoy playing for sci-fi I've been in that same boat. I, I want to love Traveler, and I always jump on Traveler one-shots when, when I can, because mm-hmm. it's just a fun universe. But yeah, I, I've not been able to really stick to a sci-fi system, and that's 
a shame because it's you know sci-fi is pretty easily my favorite genre of entertainment. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I love it. Uh, I I really do enjoy sci-fi. So I'm I'm curious to see how this unfolds and further progresses. I also think it's important that people, whoever's listening, that if you have an idea knocking around your head, you know, and it's a game, don't let the fact that you know you're not a game designer, you're an IT, don't let that stop you. Gal's done it. Yeah, Damian, I'm just a nobody. No, I didn't say that. I said you were an IT. Um, <laughs> Damien also works a, a full-time job, family and, and other obligations, but he had this idea and he, he wanted to run with it. So I think it's important that even if you don't have any kind of game design experience, or even if you think, oh, I'll never get published, like, we're living in a, a world right now that you just really have to get the idea out there and people will latch on. I mean, there's so many ways to promote your game. For instance, for you... How did you find your new playtesters? You just had them in another community, and you drew from a, the pool there. Uh, yeah, I, it newer was, friends, or it was it was a, another community I'm mm-hmm. a part of. Just from talking about sci-fi, just in general, I had mentioned that I was working on a game, and got a couple people who just kind of un, kind of unsolicited, though I kind of set it up, asked me about the system, and then from there we just sort of built it off of the people who had similar sci-fi interests. And um, so as you progress, and I'm sure as people listen to this, they may have questions or we may have people that say, hey, I'm, I'm willing to to play test it when you're ready for randos. You guys can find Cal on the uh, Without a Net server as yep. Manti. He is on there if you have a question. But if you have a question and, and you want to ask me, you can always message me directly or We'll have a channel for out of character as well on the without a net server. You can post questions there for any of our guests and I'll either get that to them or they'll see it and continue the conversation because I'm sure there may be people that want to ask some questions about how did you handle this? How did you do this? What do you mean by balancing? Hopefully it'll be people from CGL. I, yeah, I didn't, I went this whole time and didn't get a single <laughs> shot and then <laughs> But I can go fix it and post and they'll remove <laughs> it. And I never said it. <laughs> oh, you can man. take all the shots you want right now, buddy. <laughs> we just edit them out. <laughs> oh, nice. Feels good. <laughs> Do you have anything else you'd like to say? Is there anything that I didn't touch upon that you were like, oh, Jupe, you did me a disservice? No, I think we, we, we hit on everything and you just spent the last minute telling people just go write a game if you have an idea. And I, I totally agree with that. And my, I guess the one point of advice I have for folks who might have an idea in their head and they're just not sure how to get started, but want to get something going, don't do what I did and try and write a whole game system before you ever play it. Um, <laughs> just, just write your high level idea down uh, and, and just, just try it out. You know, if you don't have a, a home group, I had the benefit of having a home group to immediately test this with, you know, like Jupe said, even just in the WAN server, I'm sure you could find people who would love to try and play this game. If you, if you give right up a little pitch for it. So there are always people to find to, to try it out. Absolutely. Nope. It's good advice. Don't, don't let, don't let that good idea just stay in your head, get it out there and, you know, see what you can make of it. I think it's important. There's, <laughs> There's a lot of game systems out there now, but that doesn't mean we we can't have some more. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Thank you, Cal, for talking with me tonight. I really, really do appreciate it. Like I said, I I think you are 
an intelligent person that can understand mechanics and balancing and, and write that stuff in a way that I myself can never understand. So, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So uh, I think it's a great work you've done and I'm, I would be excited to see further development. So when you, when you get to that artwork, creative writing, book layout phase, and you're going to actually have something, we'll, we'll have you back on if you decide to publish that way. We'll, we'll have you back on and we'll talk about what's that been like. So <laughs> we'll go from there. Okay, awesome. All right, great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. 